Welcome to the Everyone Walks With Someone podcast. I'm your host, Jared Piney. And really this podcast, Everyone Walks With Someone, is all about learning best practices to be better followers of Jesus while walking alongside others. All kinds of questions come up. Why are we called to walk alongside others? How do we do it? What guardrails are important? What can trip us up? You know, the best way to learn is actually to hear from others who've done it and hear from their experiences. Today, we've got a great episode for you as we kick off this podcast and we're starting to talk with Todd Carter. Todd is the lead pastor at Pathway Church in Wichita, Kansas. So here we go, Todd. So grateful to have you here with us. Awesome to be here, Jared, and just proud of you kicking off this podcast today. Yeah, it'll be great. You know, it's, it's kind of fun. People may not know this if they do know you well. You've been on staff here at Pathway Church for 35 years, and you've had many different roles. Um, you know, in those 35 years, but for the last 16 years, you've been the lead pastor here. Yeah. And we want to get to know who you are beyond just your, your staff role here at Pathway Church. So let us get to know you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, some of your hobbies, about your family. Well, Jared, I've been married to my wife, Chris, for 36 years. Ah, She's a saint. She is a saint. Besides (laughs) Jesus, she's definitely the best thing in my life. Yes. We've got six children, Jake, Nick, Luke, Josh, Katie, and Nathan. Uh, Three of them are grown and out of the house now. The other three are finishing up college. And um, I've just loved, especially, you know, just in this most recent season, just watching my two youngest boys play college football. They've just been doing awesome. I, I love to hunt and fish. Uh, I I do some lifting of weights and running just to kind of keep myself in shape. And the other thing that I've been doing that I really wouldn't call a hobby, but my wife renovates and flip houses kind of for a living. So I end up uh, spending quite a bit of time helping her do that. Yeah, and if any of you have heard uh, Todd's messages, you already knew all those things. He has lots of stories about Chris flipping houses, about the kids and football and all those things. Always great listening to those. It's fun. It's been a great journey, though. Yeah, well, we, uh, you know, we'd love to just hear a little bit about who's someone that's walked with you, right? There's probably many people during different seasons of life, but as we kick off this walking with others, we've all had somebody or, or multiple people walk with us. So why don't you tell us a story about someone who's walked with you? You know, my own faith journey... Jared began when I was in middle school, and I met a guy by the name of Rick Wright, and uh, Rick really took an interest in me. I mean, he spent a lot of time with me, and ultimately, he ended up leading me into a saving relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing was, certainly, it didn't end there. You know, I mean, Rick continued to meet with me, help me grow in my relationship with God, and ultimately, it was Rick walking alongside of me that was catalytic, really, in catapulting me into full-time ministry. You see, it, Rick was just awesome in, in terms of just uh, helping me in my relationship with God, and just my relationship with Rick really just, I would say, affected and changed just the whole trajectory of my life. Yeah. Now, since that point in time, obviously, there's been a lot of other people who've uh, walked with me and just had a huge impact on my faith and in my relationship with God. But honestly, though, if it wasn't for Rick, you know, I'm not sure I'd be where at I'm at in my relationship with God and certainly in my even, even in my own leadership journey. Yeah, you know, it's it's fun when you begin to ask people, like, tell me about your faith journey, um, whether they're talking about someone walking with them or not, someone's always involved with it, right? Someone's involved with you know, sharing the hope of Jesus Christ through their words, their actions, and walking with others. So that's, you know, it's fun going back to your story in middle school and Rick investing in you and just seeing the ripple effects of that impact. 100%, bro. Rick and just other people walking with me. And, I, and I've, you know, I've watched it over the years, you know, 35 years of ministry. Mm. 
always that's a common denominator with yeah. people in terms of who've really uh, grown and devoted themselves in a relationship with God. That's always a common denominator. There's always that relationship with somebody else. Yeah, that's that, that's always a good reminder, a reminder to have the impact that we can have and, and that we got to let people in on our life too. Well, as we kind of begin this first episode of Everyone Walks With Someone, um, really there's going to be important and valuable task of really setting the stage here of why we do this. So no pressure of uh, kicking it off and letting <laughs> us know the, the why behind this. But I really want us just to begin to look at the vision of Everyone Walks With Someone and even some of the bigger um, elements of church history and kind of how we got to this. And so let's kick off with a little bit of church history if you want to kind of teach us or update us on what that's looked like. Well, I, I don't know. It's 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 a good and it's a bad part in the sense, Jared. I've been here my whole life, <laughs> so I've I've lived, you know, just as a as a, a person in the church, and then certainly on, on staff for the last thirty five years. But in the broad brush, I think when I think about the history of Pathway Church, um, really, as I think especially about you know the first you know close forty to fifty years, um, there were really kind of three I would call strategic building blocks that I think we we rested on in terms of moving God's kingdom forward just in this community. Uh -huh. And we even used to talk about it quite a bit, um, particularly probably 20 or so years ago. It was about staff, it was about programming, and it was about facilities. And so we leaned strong on those building blocks and really saw an incredible amount of success um, in terms of people coming to know Christ, in terms of people growing in uh, the relationship, you know, you know, especially I think about the the late '80s and '90s, uh, we would have seen ourselves kind of like the mall church. I mean, in many uh -huh. ways, we kind of had something for everybody. <laughs> I mean, we had all ages, all stages. I mean, there was always something for for everybody. And, and so, uh, a major strategy for us as we move forward is to add more staff, add more program. Programming and really add more facilities, uh -huh. and um, and there were a lot of really good things that were connected to that, that genuinely did all kinds of good to really be able to move God's kingdom forward. Yep. Um, just people coming to know Christ, people just fully devoting themselves to Him. But slowly, I think, and I think it was really connected to the, I would say, the degradation maybe of our culture, the changing times. Um, and kind of living maybe more and more in a post-Christian era, mm -hmm. that 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 methodology it got more and more expensive, it got it got more difficult to financially be able to sustain, and what we begin to see is it got less and less effective. So, as we saw the future, particularly kind of in this post-pandemic area, yep. I would say that there's been some reinvention and recalibration of ourselves as we look at the future to be able to accomplish God's unchanging mission. And you see, I think one of our observations over time is that inadvertently, and I think about this for myself, and I think it obviously applies to the us as a as a church and you know as a church family, a body over the course of time, that we became increasingly maybe institutionally dependent. Yeah. And I think in many ways it ended up short-circuiting the organic ministry that I think God calls every Christ follower to. And I think actually when you look back to the book of Acts, we can clearly see every Christ follower out there being involved and in, in living out the Christ-following life wherever they were at. I, I, I think about what it says in the book of Acts where it says, all the believers— were preaching the good news everywhere they went. They were out there in their neighborhoods. 
their workplaces, their communities, sharing the kingdom of God and moving forward. We, now, go ahead, Jordan. Oh yeah, I, you know when you say that, I think of a story. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a story here. There was a guy about a year ago, um, and I saw him out in the atrium at one of our campuses, and he, he saw one of his friends that he had grown up in college and kind of walked away from, and this friend had been through the ringer. He had been in, in gambling. He was addicted to different things. His marriage was struggling. He was struggling as a dad, and so um, <clears throat> this guy saw him in the atrium, and it was like, oh, I'm so glad you came to church. And he's like, I got I to gotta introduce you to Jared, and so he brought me over there, and he was like, hey, Jared, you, you know, this is the guy that you need to talk to and walk with, and he was trying to tell his friend that I was going to be the guy to help him out. Like, I had what it what what needed to help him over the thing. And and so in the moment, I'm trying to have the conversation. Well, later on, I went back to my friend and said, hey, you're the one walking with him. Like, it's it's not me. He thought, because I'm on staff, because I'm a pastor, and those things, that I was the one able to help him out. And I said, no, God's put him in your path, and, and let me help out. And But it's kind of a little bit of what you're talking about, like the institution or the program or the staff. And this guy had a heart for his friend, but he didn't feel like he was the one able to help him on this. He wanted to pass him off to the staff. And so, you know, as we've kind of made this transition or, or making it as a church and even the the global church, it's not like we just make a decision and say, okay, less programs, less staff, you know, more of the priesthood of all believers. And then people just get it and do it. They're still, it's just stuck in us a little bit. No, but I think your story is just so dead on, uh, Jared, in terms of just where we're at personally and certainly just kind of a, 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 as a church family. And, the, and we've been making those... Uh, recalibration turns, yeah. but but I think in terms of uh, articulating it, to me, you're just dead on on that. Now, it's interesting. There's actually kind of a, a, a business term that's come onto the scene in the last few years that I think illustrates kind of what you're talking about and what we're really trying to accomplish as a church family, and as I particularly think about everyone walking with someone, yeah. and, it, and it's called the long tail. Now, several years ago, there was a company, I think most everybody knows, Blockbuster, um, that was around. But back in 2008, Blockbuster, they went bankrupt. They had all these video stores and they rented videotapes and DVDs of all these big hit movies that were out, you know, particularly back then, you know, Jurassic Park and, and you know, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh -huh. Well, their business model back then, you know, kind of revolved around all these big hits. And from a sales perspective, they always call that the head of the sales curve. But as you move away from the big hits, the sales curve begins to decrease and they call that the big long tail. Now with this big long tail is the, in it is kind of the thousands and thousands of movies that were non-hits. Uh -huh. uh, most of these movies are movies that <laughs> you and I have never heard of before, but they create this big long tail. Yep. Well, here's the thing though, Jared. When you combine the revenue of all the non-hits in the long tail, it actually greatly supersedes the revenue of just focusing on the head. Mm. So what happened was in the middle of the 2008 recession, you know, when there was kind of a financially uh, earth-shaking uh, uh, event, Netflix, Amazon, and other companies like them came along and they started focusing on the long tail. And so not only did these companies survive in the landscape of the 21st century economy, but they thrived, they exploded. And, and I know there's probably a few people right now who are thinking, well, Todd, what's this really got to do with <laughs> where we're at as a church? Well, let me tell you. Yeah. 
Well, see, most of the 20th century, most churches, including us, by and large, we've relied on the head. In other words, like I said earlier, we view staff and programming and facilities to share the gospel and help people grow in their faith. And it was awesome. It was great. Just like, you know, Blockbuster, they had an awesome business. They did a lot of great things, so to speak. Made a lot of money. But but as you think about the church, we've kind of had this more blockbuster approach, so to speak, a kind of a centralized or institutionalized methodology. We've used the head of the sales curve to help people know and grow in their relationship with Jesus. And, you know, like I said, we did a great job. We moved the ball down the field. But like with Blockbuster, the landscape changed. And like Netflix now, we've got a new opportunity of the long tail. Yeah. So what's the long tail then? Well, the long tail is the millions and millions of ordinary Christ followers who who can be or are out there already individually and in small groups sharing the good news about Jesus and helping people grow in their faith. And to me, when I, I think when I look at the New Testament in particular, I, I think that's more what it looks like. And I think, you know, just like back to your story, Jared, that's what, that's what that looked like as you were, you know, empowering this guy to help walk alongside everybody else. And that's why yeah. we've come up with this phrase that we've tried to kind of capture this when we talk about everyone walking with someone. You know, I, I'm going to detour us a little bit. I'm just curious. It popped up, and and I'm hosting the, the podcast, so I can deter if I want to. But um, when you watch a movie, like one of those tail movies on Netflix or whatever, and it's not a good movie, are you committed? Do you go to the end, or do you are you like 20 minutes in, you're like, ah, I'm not going to watch the rest of it? Oh, most of the time. Maybe it's just my personality. <laughs> I'll probably still endure it to the end. I don't know. I just just so I can check the box and say that I've done it. I've seen it. I've, yeah, it, and watched. there's a the hope that it might get better, right? It's bad right. now, but maybe it'll get better. <laughs> it's going to get better in the end. It's going to take a turn. You know, it's so interesting as you just kind of talk about that. I would have thought that most of the money and the revenue, it comes from those big blockbuster hits. You know, it's the Pirates of the Caribbean, it's the Jurassic Parks, it's those. But um, there are a lot of movies and content out there. 2008, but even more so today on all the different streaming parts. And that's where the, the revenue comes from. And I think you're so right. You know, there's a quote um, that somebody said it much smarter than me. I don't remember who, so I can't give credit to it. But it says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. And, and it kind of talks about this, that as we empower and equip and inspire the, the millions of of believers, of, you know, spirit-filled Jesus followers that can go out and share his message with others, that's way more impactful than just depending on the hundreds of churches, right? And, and the right. buildings and just the staff there. And so, yeah, that's good. So as you talked about this idea of everyone walks with someone, it, it sounds good, right? I'm on board. What does this look like? Like, what does this mean? Well, I, I think it's good because I think we've talked about that phrase a little bit and just to kind of... Uh, deconstruct it maybe a little bit so that kind of we're all on the same page of what that really is. Yeah. Well, first and foremostly, the way we've talked about it is we, as when we talk about everyone walking with someone, we're talking about seeking, serving, and sharing the life-changing message of Jesus with other people. We want to seek, serve, and share Christ with other people. But as we do that, the kind of the next level down below that is what's the values, so to speak, that undergird all of that. And so I want to spend a little bit of time, uh, even today, kind of, Jared, drilling down, talking a little about, about these values that we live out as we seek, serve, and share yep. other people. And the first value that I think that we've been discovering, and that's you know certainly embedded in the, in the, in the Scripture as well, is the first value that we live out as we walk with others is, is, is that we mature as Jesus followers by growing, Jesus, by growing other followers. Now, the old model of Christian maturity is 
to have more and more knowledge about the Bible. The more you give yourself to growing in your knowledge of the Bible, the more that you will grow spiritually. Now, certainly there's truth to that, not a bad thing. I mean, there's a huge part of my own spiritual journey that was about learning and growing in, in my knowledge of God. But what we've discovered is many times in terms of as we follow that model all the way out is that that a lot of times we get a kind of a false sense of Christian maturity. We know a lot, mm-hmm. but we really don't do a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and even the, in the book of James, you know, that's what, you know, James kind of warns us about, you know, the be merely hears of the word. And I think that, like I said, it gives us this false sense of spiritual maturity when we know something, but the reality is that we're not connected to actually do it. Now, the new model of Christian maturity is the way that you mature and grow in your relationship with Christ is to help other people grow in their faith. It's doing it. It's living out your faith. That's how you grow and you mature to grow deeper. Now, I've seen that this in my own spiritual journey in Spage, and I think I think as I've I've thought about it, I've been trying to kind of wrap my head around how do we talk about this, how do we articulate a little bit, and what I thought about was another story, and and many of uh, our Pathway family may have heard me share a little bit of this story before, but in the fall of 2020, I was over at this house in Southeast Wichita working with my wife, and I was cutting down some trees. Uh, with a chainsaw kind of in this side year, side yard, and I, I saw this neighbor standing out on his front porch smoking a cigarette. And so I thought I'd at least be friendly. And yeah. so I said to this guy, hey, how's it going? And, and when I did, this guy just looks over at me gruffly. Charity he responds, not very well. You guys woke me up with all that noise. <laughs> Walked into that one. <laughs> I did. And I got to be honest. I mean, I was kind of taken back for a moment. But I decided, hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go over there. But... I got to tell you, I, I didn't want to go. I, I mean, this guy, you know, like I said, he seemed kind of rough. He was kind of gruff. And so I really didn't want to go. He, he seemed pretty unhappy. But I decided, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to man up or whatever, and I'm going to walk over, and I'm going to introduce myself to this guy. And and so, you know, my natural gear was to ask him if he was originally from Wichita, and he said yes. And then I asked him what part of town that he grew up in, and he said, well, the northwest part of town. Well, mm-hmm. for me, since I've lived nearly in a square mile my whole life, I it kind of opened up this big conversation. You know, we had a lot of common friends and common experience, and ultimately, that kind of catapulted us into a spiritual conversation. But what uh, I happened is that in that journey, and and there's a whole bunch more to this Brian story that I want to unpack for you a little bit. But in this journey, it catapulted my own faith forward. First of all, it catapulted my own faith forward in the sense of walking across the lawn. Yeah, I had to walk across the lawn. And I'm telling you, I, I was doing it not because, in the end, really, because I was trying to be friendly. I was doing it because I saw it as an opportunity to be able to connect with this guy in terms of his uh, relationship with God. And, um, and so but I'm telling you, my, my spiritual soul surged mm. when I obeyed in those moments. Yep. So much more than just some information that more that I got about the Bible, not that we don't need good information about the Bible, but my faith, I mean, it just yeah. surged by me walking across that lawn. And the other thing was, all of a sudden, I found myself engaged in this conversation with this guy who was really struggling, and I was having to, to really uh, strain to be able to articulate my faith in a way that maybe that this guy would be able to understand it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I've discovered along the way, not maybe just particularly with Brian, but with other people 
uh, and walking with them in their faith is that in the end, what I've seen in their faith has challenged me. Uh, I've seen them do radical kinds of things in their own journey that have changed me. And so much of the time then, we think about you know walking alongside other people, or maybe the old school way to be able to say it was to make disciples that, Matthew, that Jesus told us to do in Matthew chapter 28. We, I think we've always seen it, it's all about them. We wanna kinda help other people and help them grow in their relationship with God. But what I think is so surprising, in the end, it's just as much about us. Mm, yeah. And us in the journey as we do that, God matures us because we're doing our faith then. We're not just talking about it, learning about it. We're doing our faith, and that's where all those things kind of connect. Oh, that's, you know, I love that. And one aspect that, you know, you didn't really talk about that, I don't know, just listening to that, I love, like, this wasn't something that you were like, I'm going to go walk the neighborhood, I'm trying to build relationships, I'm going to pray or walk, and, you know, if someone's out, I'm going to talk to them. Like, you you were doing hard work. You were, like, out in the morning, chainsaw, like, doing all this kind of work, and, and you you were able to be interrupted and, and to know that, man, this is an opportunity to, to get to know someone that you didn't already know. And so, um, you know, so much about walking with others isn't a, a time on the calendar. So I'm going to do it for this 30 minutes between 6 and 6.30, and I'm going to, it's it's a lifestyle. It's looking for those opportunities, and that led you to have that conversation with Brian and led you to not just, you know, you could have been listening to a podcast or a sermon while you're doing the chainsaw and all that, and information about the Bible would have been good, but you putting um, what you're reading and listening and hearing about God's Word into action is what helps us all grow. That's That's awesome. And what, like, I love you bringing that out, Jared, because I think it goes back to this one of these ways that we're retooling ourselves is to see our relationship. It, it's seven days a week, yeah. it's 24 hours a day. And God's, you know, putting situations, opportunities, relationships all the time in front of me that I have to have uh, a heart that is willing and eyes that see those opportunities to be able to to be able to connect, ser- seek, serve, and share with people about Jesus. Yep. Uh, actually, in the next episode, we're going to continue to kind of dig in on this value of maturing as Jesus followers by growing Jesus followers. So well, what else do you want us to know about this vision of everyone walks with someone? Well, the next value that we live out as we walk alongside other people is to obey God's word by being accountable to others. Now, the old model that we talk about, certainly, and, it, and it's right in a broad sense, is Bible application. But the new model is we hold each other accountable for Bible application. <laughs> because I think in the old school, what we did was we talked about applying the Bible, oh, yeah. but we never did it. <laughs> and so the, the new school is, is that we hold each other accountable. Now, the, this first conversation I got to tell you that I had with Brian in the yard that day was facilitated by the fact of me being accountable on a staff team mm. to obeying God's words specifically in this area. Yeah. You see, on a weekly basis, I was in this group and we were holding each other accountable, not just to learn God's word, but to obey it, yeah. to actually live it out. And so I that the context of me being accountable to somebody else and sharing on a weekly basis about how I was obeying God's word helped create some natural tension in my sure. life so that as I had that opportunity, then that I took it to really be able to obey. So it wasn't just about indeed a Bible application, but it was me being held, you know, obeying God's word by being held accountable by other people. 
I, you know, I love that. And you mentioned earlier that you'll run or lift weights or, you know, definitely your boys, you know, playing college football, they do a lot of that. If they were left to their own workout plan and now they're, they're probably pretty good at that now, but as they began kind of the rhythm and the routine of that or for yourself, it takes someone there holding you accountable, you know, coaching you, nudging you, cheering you on, you know, pushing you on those things. And so without that part, you probably wouldn't have been able to be interrupted during this. You'd have been like, I'm doing, I'm doing yard work. I got to do these things, but because of those conversations, because, you know, you knew God's word wanted you to live this out, it allowed you to begin this conversation. Oh, that, that's exactly right, Jared. That, you know, certainly I knew all those things, but, but the deal was because I had that new context of being yeah. accountable to others, then that it created a natural tension for me to begin to not just know it, but to do it. Yeah. And so that it, it was awesome. You know, there's a couple of different times in my life, I'd say kind of high school and young adult, and then even in my young kind of mid-20s, that on uh, my spiritual journey, I would have said I drifted. Like I never made the decision to walk away from God. And I still would have, if you'd asked, I said, I'm a Christian, but I definitely didn't, I didn't live any different than my friends who had no faith at all. And, and it was that, that drift. It was, I, I, w I wasn't accountable to others. I didn't have fellowship. I didn't have other people in my life. I didn't have a church body, a small group, a mentor. I didn't have anyone besides me trying to do faith on myself. And I think a part of this accountability is, is to not drift. You've got, you had this weekly meeting with the group of staff that you kept going back to God's word. And of course you're on staff. So it's, it's easier for that, but it's about putting people around us and being with other people that help us not to drift, but we, we grow closer to God. Oh, for sure, Jared. You know, like I said, that's why one of our mantras here at Pathway is we follow Jesus in community for others. And I, I have to I have to intentionally put myself in that context of community where I can be accountable to obey God's word so that then in the end I can accomplish the mission that that God's given me. Yeah, this is good. Well, the third value I, I wanted to kind of underscore, Jared, was just of this kind of walking alongside other people is to live life with people who don't know Jesus. Now, the, the old model kind of, I think, you know, certainly for kind of some of the old schoolers like me is that, you know, we have... We have Christian, you know, resorts and Christian car shows and Christian exercise classes. And, and if someone comes to one of those events, you know, we want to have, we want all people that don't know Christ to kind of come to us. We want to share Jesus with them. Certainly not a bad thing. Yeah. But the new model is not focused on having non-Christ followers come to us. The new Jesus model is we go to him, them. Mm -hmm. Now, in some ways you think about that and you go, well, that's what Jesus told us to do. He said, go and make disciples. And, yeah. and so in some ways, you know, that really so much fits with um, what, what Jesus already told us to do. But the new model is we intentionally put ourselves just in close proximity with non-Christ followers uh, wherever they're at so that we can share uh, the life-changing message of Jesus with them. And, and that's really, you know, kind of take you back to the, that story with Brian. You know, Brian lives on the southeast part of town. I mean, it's not like I'm normally going to be able to go and connect with him, but what I did was I at least tried to create opportunities through, I would always go by his house, you know, at Christmas time, at Easter, at Halloween. Um, I would just try to figure out times where I could just naturally go by his house. And I mean, he knew that I was a pastor over the course of time and I'd just, yeah. I'd drop off, you know, you know, some Christmas, you know, Christmas gift or some Christmas cookies or something. I'd invite him to come to church and kind of create this, you know, at least kind of a context where I could have a conversation. And the other thing that I would keep doing is I'd, you know, I'd friend him on Facebook and I'd, you know, yeah. because we were certainly across town, I'd comment on things that he'd post on or like things that he'd post, but it, mm -hmm. it kept this kind of 
this relation kept this connection of relationship. So yeah. I was trying to at least kind of keep myself in proximity with Brian because it would have been easy, like I said, he lives you know on the other side of town. But I I was trying to do some intentional things to be able to put and and for me, even even in my role, one of the things that I'm doing right now is I've I put myself in the last couple of years on lots of boards, mm-hmm. not so much because you know I I want to be on a board. I'm putting myself on boards around our in in our community, so I can put myself in proximity yeah. with with people who don't know Christ and use those those contexts of some of those boards as opportunity to be able to connect and uh, be with people who don't know Christ and be able to seek, serve, and share with them. You know what's interesting on that when you begin to talk to people and you say like, who are some people in your life that that aren't Christians that aren't followers of Jesus? I I, I get this a lot. I don't know if you do. I, I hear people say, well. No one. I, I don't know anyone that, that isn't a Christian. But then if you boil it down, you say, okay, think about the people you work with. Think about the people on your kids' ball teams. Think about you know, the people in your exercise class or the board that you're on or at school or teachers. And, and you really get them to like pop the hood and look at it. And there's many people there. And and it's you know it's not about just sharing the hope of Jesus. It's about building the relationship with them and, and then being obedient to God's word on that. But man, we've got people there. But I do love, I don't want us to skip over that you got to go. That you got to be intentional. That there's choices that you've probably prioritized over other choices that you could have done so that you are in proximity with those. That's great. Yeah. But like to your point, there's a lot of things just even in our ordinary lives, if we were much more intentional yeah. to go, then then we would we would have a lot more of those opportunities. It's not like all the time we have to be creating a whole bunch of new uh, wheels in our life because yeah. the reality is most of us, if we were much more intentional, we could capitalize on what we're already doing. Yeah, that's good. So, well, the final uh, value that I really wanted to underscore, Jared, was as we walk alongside other people, uh, that you know we we trust God for the outcome. Uh, now, now the old model kind of is we convince people with logic that the way of Jesus is correct and that they should you know believe, and then if we can convince them, then you know we've kind of got the result is is certain. Now they become a follower of Jesus Christ. Yeah. But but the new model is. We obey, we do what God tells us to do, you know, we seek servant share, yep. we pray, and we trust God. You know, that that that's what we do. In the end, it's kind of like what you know Paul said in First Corinthians chapter three, where he says, So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Mm-hmm. We we trust God for the results. God's the one that 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 does all the work, so we we're just to be able to obey, pray, and trust him. And the cool thing, just to kind of circle back a little bit more and and tell you kind of the rest of the story, even yeah. with Brian, is it's been almost two years since I've met Brian, you know, and I've tried to kind of keep that relationship through all kinds of different things. But really, for the most part, over two years, nothing's happened. Yeah. I mean, we've we've had conversations, but really in terms of Brian taking some real next steps, nothing has happened. But just recently, uh, he was making real effort to get sober, um, he said something on Facebook about that, mm-hmm. and I commented back that I was proud of him for taking that step. And right after I did that, he direct messaged me. And I had invited him several times to come to my men's, my uh, Thursday night men's oh, group, yeah. and he said, are you still meeting on Thursday night with your group of men? Uh, come on now. And I said, yep. Yeah. I said, we sure are. And he showed up that night and just had a great experience. Yeah. And my, I, 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 in, in some ways, Jared, I couldn't, I couldn't see I didn't see it coming. And uh, but it, but it's been awesome, and you know, like I said, Brian came. We just had such a great conversation. Other people came around him. He shared in the group that he was you know struggling with his sobriety and just all the different things that were going on in his life. But it it was just awesome. 
Yeah, you know, I don't want us to miss the the part you said earlier that we obey, pray, and we trust God. I think sometimes we'll like we'll have the one faith conversation with a friend or neighbor, coworker, and we invite them to something. We're like, well, it's up to God now, and and part of that is true, right? But then we stop. We're like, well, we, we did it the one time. Now my job's over. I invited the once, but I mean, this you said two years that you, yeah, that you've been just building the relationship and digging in and praying and and seeing what that looks like. And and for this, it had a good payoff with him, you know, getting a chance to come in and have that community of your men's group. And it doesn't always work out that way, but it's not. I think sometimes we can say, well, I I did the one thing. Now I'm gonna trust God, but it's it's the obeying and it's the praying and it's the persistent and the investing in that relationship. That's that's awesome. Oh, that's 100% where it's at. But the, the kind of the scripture I kind of wanted to underscore that certainly is the is really kind of the foundation of everything that we do here at Pathway Church. It really kind of comes back to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28 where he said, "Go make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit." and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And so that, that means all of us. Mm-hmm. Every person that's a part uh, of, of, of the family of God out there yeah. um, in their, their families, their neighborhoods, their workplaces, individually kind of walking alongside other people and sharing with them the good news about Jesus. And, and the super good news is really there's, you know, in our church family, I'm just always so proud in the end of our Pathway family we, we this is going on. Uh, people are doing this. I mean, it's 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 leaking into our culture. I mean, we've been we've been wrestling with this and growing in this, but we're we're seeing it happen. You know, already I, I was thinking just in the the first six months of even of this year, we've seen uh, church attendance up ten percent, and really that that's not about you know. Uh, us doing something a whole bunch better and different here as the institution. It's about people inviting people. Yeah. It's about friends, uh, people inviting their friends. Or in the first six months of this year, baptisms are up 14%. And that, that's not about a bunch of preachers baptizing people. No, it, it's people who have been walking with other people, baptizing their friends. It's it's this culture that uh, that's leaking out um, just in our in our church family and, and just more and more of that happening. And... and so we're we're just trying to to grow in that just as a church family as a staff, you know, as you know Jared, you know, and just wanted to kind of share just with the rest of the church family and those listening, you know, we've incorporated this into kind of the rhythms of of um, just our our what we do as a church staff every week uh, and there's been wins and and there's been challenges and there, there's been struggles. It's it, it's not easy. Yeah. I I think we you know, we want silver bullets. And but the way of Christ isn't easy, and, and and certainly Jesus is the silver bullet. But but following Him is you know it's it's hard. But in the end, when we when we've followed Jesus, God does incredible things. And so, really, kind of my challenge certainly to the staff and to all of our Pathway family that I've, I've been sharing as we kind of fulfill you know Christ's great commission in our leg of the race is for everyone to be walking with someone. I mean, to me, that looks like Matthew chapter 28. That looks like the fulfillment of the Great Commission as we walk with one, we seek, we serve, we share with people. We, 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 we're out there walking, like I said, in our neighborhoods, our workplaces. And as we do that, and we're seeing it already and just in just in little microcosms, it's cha- it changes the world, it changes people's lives, it changes families. And, and, as, and as it changes families, it changes neighborhoods, it changes cities, and then ultimately it changes the world. That's good. Yeah. I think a question I hear some from people beginning to understand this um, 
this mantra of everyone walks with someone that I hear is, is it the 99 that we walk with? Is it the one or is it both? And, and to kind of unpack that, that comes from Luke 15, right? It's right. The, the 99 is, you know, kind of the sheep. And then if one goes missing, the, the we go and find the one and, and we celebrate. And so it's the lost sheep. You got the lost son, the lost coin. And so when it comes to this, what would you, how would you answer that question? Is it, are we supposed to be walking with the 99? Those are, you know, Jesus followers, whether they're disconnected or not, um, or the one would be probably those that, that don't have faith or maybe exploring it, but not quite Jesus followers. So what, what would you say to us that have that question? Well, first of all, I think it's a good question because I think we, we kind of tend to think in binary terms. It's either, you know, it's right or left. Uh, yeah. and, and I would say in this question, it's both. It's both, and 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 really answer that. I want to kind of I want to sort of, you know tell you another story. You know, of course, about ten years ago, there was a guy that you know he's about six foot four, weighed about three hundred and fifty pounds. I mean, he had tattoos all over his arms, his neck, and he walked into my office, and he'd been federally indicted for drug trafficking. He was facing sixteen years in prison, and he had kind of in essence kind of been referred to me by a friend, and so but he he shows up in my office. And um, in that first meeting, you know, I, you know, he was in such a crisis, you know, I, I shared with him about Christ, I invited him to be able to come to my Thursday men's group, and um, and for, and then right after that, I invited him to come to uh, my home team, which was super strange for him. I mean, he had, you know, he would always tell me he had, a, you know, a big pile of dope on his <laughs> in his house, and now he's <laughs> sitting in a circle with a bunch of people at church. Uh-huh. I mean, it was strange, but we, you know, we talked about God, we talked about parenting you know, the church, just everything. And, and even, even for that guy um, and his wife and really their family had four kids, um, they didn't even have a place to go for Thanksgiving. I ended up uh, inviting him and his wife over to Thanksgiving that year. And after a few months of walking with him, he ultimately uh, surrendered his life to the person of Jesus, um, publicly confessed his faith, was baptized, and... Um, you know, God transformed his life, and, and um, he was the first person in 10 years to get a recommended probation from the federal prosecutor. Mm. And, um, you know, God just did some incredible uh, things uh, in his life, and it was awesome. But what surprised me, kind of circling back to your question about that journey, is in the end, kind of goes back to what we talked about before, it's what it did to me, because I saw that guy you know, I mean, totally changing. I mean, he was crazy generous. I mean, I saw him give away cars and furniture and money. I saw him give away, you know, give up all of his friends because he knew that all of his friends from his previous lifetime were going to take him in a wrong direction and sure. and crazily, you know, give himself to to Christ and 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 his new Christ following family, uh, just everything in his previous lifestyle in terms of his drinking and everything else. Uh, he he totally turned away one from, but it did something to me, because I saw the 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 vibrancy of this guy's faith, and I began to look at my own faith and say, man, does my faith, even though that this guy's not been a Christ follower for very long, mm. does my faith have that kind of of you know, is it that vibrant? Is it yeah. that alive? Will it do something radical and something crazy to be able to accomplish uh, the work of God's kingdom? And his life began to change me. And, and so that's why I always say both. It kind of goes back to that first principle that we talked about. We, we're changed yep. as we walk alongside other people. And so that's why I say when people ask me that question, it's not either or, it's, it's definitely both. 
we, yeah. it's both, that's, that's how we accomplish it. No, that's, that's good. And, um, you know, there's many other questions that I, if I want to take up all your time right now, we could dig into, but we've got this whole podcast to be able to continue to look at these questions. And so here's what's to come on the podcast is we're going to bring on, um, not just, uh, staff and pastors and directors here at Pathway Church, we're going to bring on many different people of different walks of life. We have teachers coming on business people, homemakers, introverts, extroverts, blue collar, white collar, people <laughs> super strong in their faith and people kind of new on the journey. And, and we're going to bring in and let them share their stories of the wins and the challenges when it comes to walking with, with each other. And in these episodes, they'll, they'll kind of further dig on, dig in on the seek, serve and share. And also these four values that you unpacked. And so if you're listening in, you're like, man, this was good, but I still don't know how to do it. Like I've kind of getting the wide, I've got to go on this journey continue to listen on these episodes. I, I pray that they'll they'll equip you, they'll inspire you, they'll encourage you to just begin this journey of walking with others. And, and as you do it, you can. we heard from Todd today that it's grown him and, and he's understood this value and I could I could share the same there. So what you, you may be listening and you're already on this journey and you're just looking for other tools to be able to use to do it. And you may be listening in and you're like, well, someone shared this podcast with me or, or I heard about it, but I don't know how to do this. We're here for you, and we hope that this podcast will help you on that journey. That's awesome, Jared. You just you did awesome. I appreciate so much all the of your passion, your gifts, and uh, how you're you're leading out even in uh, doing this podcast. Mm, yeah, well, thanks, Todd, and, and thanks for just digging in and, and getting us started with this vision, and even unpacking a little bit of the church history. Well, next episode is going to be a good one. We're actually going to bring on our Westlink campus pastor, Todd Hutchison, and Michael Potter, kind of our first uh, guest that's coming on that's not on church staff to really unpack a couple of these values. So make sure you tune in to the next episode that will drop next week, and it's going to be great. We'll, we'll see you then. 